Game 8, Florida Marlins at Cincinnati Reds, Sunday afternoon, August 7th, Great American Ballpark, Cincinnati, Ohio. On a blistering, hot summer Sunday afternoon, the Cincinnati Reds, marred in yet another sub-mediocre season, hosted the very professional but injury-riddled Florida Marlins at sub-mediocre, very new Great American Ballpark. The exceptional and exciting Florida left-hander Dontrell Willis was opposed by veteran righty Ramon Ortiz, one of a slew of nearly 6.00 ERA hurlers on the Reds. For years now, Cincinnati had adhered to a disastrous formula of spending their money on big home run hitters who strike out a lot like Adam Dunn, Austin Kearns, Willie Mopena, Ken Griffey Jr., trying to get by with suspect pitchers. A team with 150 home runs and a 5.80 ERA, the Reds excelled at losing while being somewhat exciting to watch. That's exactly what went on this Sunday before a skimpy, overheated, 23,000 not very inspired fans. The game began with baseball's premier bunter, Juan Pierre, bunting firmly past Ortiz for a single. Ortiz tried to pick him off and fired the ball high and wide of Casey, Pierre motoring to third. This unfortunate scenario, which produced muttering and boos each time, unbelievably happened three times in the game, with Pierre on first in the third inning and the fifth inning, as well as the first. The throws were carbon copies, like watching a videotape replay running every half hour. In the first and third, Pierre scored on Conine were RBIs, a first inning single to center and a third inning sacrifice fly to right. The Reds had errors in each of the first three innings. The second inning, a wild throw by Casey came at the end of a pickle that was a doozy of a mess. Gonzalez, after singling, was headed towards second on a steal. This time, Ortiz had him picked off. Gonzalez, realizing he was a dead duck, headed back to first but fell down. Five Reds, including catcher LaRue, tried to chase him down until Casey tumbled and then fell imitating Mr. Ortiz by flinging one high and wide, enabling Gonzalez to reach second safely. In the third, after Willis, who excelled with all aspects of the game, fielding, base running, and hitting, opened with a single to center, we did see some of the spectacular talent of the Reds sometimes displayed beside their ineptness. Right fielder Kearns, recently back after a stint in the minors trying to learn to strike out a little less, took Castillo's line single, and with Pierre rounding third, threw a strike on a fly into LaRue's catcher's mitt, stopping Juan in his tracks. Kern's rifle arm shot again in the sixth when Lowell challenged it, and Kern's running in at full tilt on Aguila's short single, threw once again perfectly to LaRue, who tagged out the sliding third baseman. Willis, meanwhile, pitched another great game, holding the Reds to four meaningless singles through eight innings, walking only two. Don Trell doesn't overthrow, even with his spectacular wind-up and leg kick. He has great control of his 90-mile-an-hour fastball, placing it strategically, and his off-speed slider and change-up mixed in. He is a pitcher, not a thrower. The Marlins seem to play textbook steady baseball all the time. Their infielders are flawless. They bunt, hit and run, steal, 
Their batters move runners and rarely strike out. Their outfielders hit the cutoff man. The batters knock in runners in scoring position. Even without Delgado, Loduca, and Juan Encarnacion in the lineup, they do what's needed to win a tight 2 to nothing game. The Reds are the opposite. Even when Ortiz sacrificed their rookie third baseman, also named Encarnacion, to second in the third, he foolishly tried to get to third on Friel's grounder to short and was out easily, negating the advantage of the sacrifice immediately. Over and over again, their home run hungry batters skied infield pop ups with runners on, killing rallies. The Reds just don't play smart, efficient baseball, which is especially damaging in tight, low scoring games like this. In the ninth, Florida sent in their tidy closer, Todd Jones. The Reds continued their ridiculous idea of trying to hit two run homers with nobody on base, ending their futile, scoreless afternoon with Kern's high fly to right field and the mammoth Adam Dunn wailing away to strike out to end the game. They say pitching and defense wins baseball games. The Marlins understand this. The Reds, for many years now, seemingly do not. Next week, follow Art and the Reds to one of the classic ballparks in America, Wrigley Field, home of the Chicago Cubs. Hope springs eternal for the Cubbies. We all know the story, the odds, and yet we all continue to be engaged by this club. What's Dusty Baker got in mind to hold back the big bopper Reds batters? Will Woods's 96 mile an hour heaters keep them in check? Or will it be a slam fest in Chicago? Check back next week for Game 9 of Art Landy's Baseball Trip. Subscribe to the Baseball Trip at the iTunes Music Store or artlandy.com. Thanks for listening. Tell all your friends and fellow fans about the Baseball Trip at artlandy.com where they can subscribe to Where's Art? His weekly calendar of musical performances. 